Al-Bayan Radio presents the following program, asking Allah that it serves as a benefit for all. Assalamu alaikum dear brothers and sisters, and welcome back to Al-Bayan Live. And I'm very pleased to be joined by my dear brother, Sheikh Nasim Abidi. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum assalamu alaikum wa barakatuhu. It's good to be back. We started off with the uh, signature, say the default laughter. A few technical it's... issues at the start, but that's from my end. For the low volume, I apologize for that. It's good to have you. How have you been? Alhamdulillah, I'm very well, sir. Yourself? I've been very well. I'd like to welcome our tech team inside. They're back. More pumped than ever, Allahumma barik. It's been a while, but they're... He's giving me that look that scares me. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, subhanAllah, in the month of Sha'ban, you know, almost three weeks away from Ramadan. Our topic for today is uh, Ramadan and Taqwa. Uh, a practical definition. Why did you choose that topic to start off with? Um, when it comes to taqwa, obviously people know the rough translation, you know, to have true fear of Allah Azza wa Jal, true consciousness of Allah Azza wa Jal. And without doubt, the famous ayah of uh, the Quran, the famous ayah of the Quran, uh, you know, fasting, O mankind, uh, O you who believe, fasting has been prescribed upon you as it was prescribed upon those before you, so that you may attain taqwa. So we know, and we're going to hear this over and over and over again. Uh, I'm a very practical person, and I love practical definitions, and I love uh, for people to have a criteria or something that they can judge by. Have they achieved what they set out to achieve? Yes or no? So when we talk about taqwa, uh, I really do love the practical definition given by Ali radiallahu anhu. And this is something that I use a lot uh, in the lead up to the month of Ramadan and obviously in the month of Ramadan. Mm -hmm. And then more importantly, in a great aspect, is the after Ramadan, whether we stuck to these definitions or not. So inshallah, azawajal, that's what we'll be going through today. And it's something very important because it's something nice and easy that every single one of us can implement, inshallah. Now it has crept up quickly. It's like we just mentioned that today, what is the 9th of, of, of Sha'ban? So... 20 days, basically. Yeah, this is something that, again, every single year, um, it creeps up more and more and more faster. And it's something that we need to be aware of. Yani, something that I remember we've mentioned on the program previously, that every single year we complain that Ramadan crept up so fast, and then we complain in Ramadan how fast Ramadan goes. But it's important that the believer always learns from that. You know, the Prophet ﷺ told us, the believer doesn't get stung from the same hole twice. So if a person understands every single year how fast Ramadan is creeping up and how fast Ramadan goes, he should say to himself, okay, let me ensure that I prepare properly for Ramadan. And the fact that most people don't, it unfortunately shows in our lack of uh, attainment of that taqwa after Ramadan. Because we haven't prepared properly, we don't uh, take advantage of it properly, it goes by and unfortunately it's just another year that goes by. And maybe we'll do better next Ramadan. So, so the believer who cares about this matter really uh, should be preparing. Before we speak directly or more directly about Ramadan and Taqwa, uh, I just remembered the, the, the famous statement that uh, Rajab is a time to plant the seed, uh, Sha'ban to water the seed, and Ramadan a time to, to harvest yeah. or, or, to, or to pick the fruits. Yeah. You know, this is all preparation. You know, like... This was last month, so now is the time to even get more prepared. And Sha'ban is a month which many people are heedless of, as the hadith mentions, between Rajab and, and, and Ramadan. So it shows that, you know, preparation is vital. Like anything in life you prepare, you get more out of it. I was actually talking to a teacher of mine overseas, and I, we're just talking a general discussion, and we're talking about, like, um, does he feel that we're so close to Ramadan? And uh, the point of discussion was because here in Australia... I felt that it doesn't even feel like we're even close to Ramadan. 
Um, even unfortunately, a lot of like the talks, the discussions, the khutab, etc. Now, alhamdulillah, because we're only a month away uh, or less, may Allah allow us to live and to see and to fast that month properly. Amen. Um, now, there's a bit more, obviously, emphasis about it. But in terms of the people's attitudes, in terms of the people's preparation, in terms of just that general uh, preparation, iman-wise, you know, have I got myself spiritually ready for Ramadan? Are my acts of worship increasing, etc., etc., etc.? Um, I find it almost non-existent. And he said, yani, unfortunately, he feels it also over there. And this is like a Muslim country. So it's not uh, the most ideal. Uh, it could be, you know, to do with things like, you know, Gaza, Allah has to make the affairs easy. So going to mention, this is yeah. yani, taken, obviously, a lot of attention of the people. But also, people in their general, general uh, day-to-day lifestyles, I do believe that these things, unfortunately, have uh, destroyed us. Um, the phones, it's just caused a person to be able to zone out if they don't do it properly, just completely. So instead of you using, you know, your phone or a device as a means to zone out productively, like you've had a very you know rough day or long day, and you just want to zone out for you know half an hour, one hour maximum, methylan, it is what it is. No problem. You do that as a recharge to get back, like sleep. But uh, when it becomes twenty four seven, you know, people are not even worried about rights, responsibilities, halal. Like people just don't care. Why? Because you know you're living your life in this in a fake uh, world, and it just takes your mind off everything. You know your responsibilities towards your family, responsibilities towards your work, responsibilities towards your studies. Oh, it should be right. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm watching a TikTok video now. I'm watching an Instagram video now. I'm watching a movie. There's this new series on Netflix, and that's what we're concerned about. So it's uh, really taking the minds off uh, a lot of things, which they really should be focusing on. And unfortunately, one of those consequences, obviously, Islamic, where even things like Ramadan, the, you know, the greatest month uh, of the year in terms of, uh, you know, ibadah and reward and acts of worship and virtues, etc., 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 subhanAllah being uh, also neglected. Allah Mustaim. Yeah, so um, before we get into it, um, I remember, you know, some of the advice that we received regarding preparing for Ramadan, and that is to self-reflect, to look into yourself, you know where are where are your shortcomings, and then put a practical plan to get better before even Ramadan begins. You know, and reminds us of the you know the the the, the ulama, what they said regarding you know purify first before you adorn, clean your house before you decorate it. Likewise, yourself get yourself ready by purifying yourself, eliminating some of the bad habits that you have, the bad traits that you have, making tawbah to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in preparing for Ramadan to decorate and adorn yourself with the good deeds, 100%. in other words. And that's why I love this uh, particular approach to uh, reminding ourselves and the people about Ramadan, that practical definition of taqwa, because uh, if you say, you know, I want to be there for Ramadan, I want to benefit from Ramadan, I want to really worship Allah in Ramadan, but then at the same time, you're not doing what taqwa uh, requires of you, then you're going to fail, number one. And also, again, practically speaking, look at every single Ramadan that's passed. The purpose of Ramadan is to attain taqwa. We know no. that. If you fasted one Ramadan and you haven't attained taqwa, this is a problem. If you fasted two, this is a bigger problem. If you fasted five Ramadans, 10, 20, 30 some people, 40 some people, year after year after year, sometimes you have not missed one day of fasting. You haven't missed one day in tar- of tarawih, you haven't missed one day of reading the Quran. You haven't missed one year where you haven't given a lot of money in sadaqah. So you've done so much good. Why is your bucket not holding any water? Because you haven't done, as you mentioned, Allah Barikfiq, that you haven't prepared yourself. You know, you've got a bucket full of holes, and so you put all this water in, but it's just all washed away. And it, 
depending on how big your holes are, it's going to come out very, very, very fast. But if you uh, are a person who has done the groundwork, you've prepared yourself, you've prepared that bucket, you've sealed it up nice and well, inshallah, azawajal, you put that water in the month of Ramadan, it's going to stick and stay. Nice example, Barakallah Fiqh. So without any, ado, without any further ado, let's get straight into it. Let's get into mm-hmm. Ramadan and Taqwa. Type. So we, as we mentioned, the purpose of Taqwa, as Allah mentions, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ Fasting, you mean? You said the purpose of Taqwa. Oh, my, my apologies. The purpose of fasting uh, is لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ as Allah Azza mentions. Uh, a practical definition of Taqwa given by Ali radiallahu anhu where he said At-Taqwa هي الخوف من الجليل والعمل بالتنزيل Beautiful. He gives you know four beautiful traits of what what taqwa entails. Taqwa, he says, is to truly fear Allah, to implement the revelation, to be content with little, and to be prepared for the day that you will leave this world. And again, this is something that we've been mentioning uh, in the different places where we give khutab and in the lessons. I think it's very important. And the reason being, again, it's a very simplified definition where a person can say, if I want to be from the muttaqin then it is incumbent upon me to ensure that I've implemented the criteria. And we'll go through, inshallah, azawajal, one by one, nice and quickly, Excellent. to make sure that we, inshallah, have an understanding of what it is and we are preparing well. And again, a person that wants to benefit from Ramadan needs to be preparing before Ramadan, and then in the month of Ramadan, and then obviously continue after Ramadan. So the first one, al min al-jaleel, for a person to truly fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If you were to ask any Muslim, do you fear Allah? There's an automatic response. Of course, I fear Allah. How do you even ask that question? Uh, yani, without doubt, every Muslim has to have a fee, a, a, a basic fear of Allah Azza wa Jal. We, we don't question that whatsoever. But the fear of Allah Azza wa Jal that's required from us is one that causes us to ensure that we worship Allah Azza wa Jal by fulfilling His commandments and staying away from His prohibitions. If we say, I fear Allah Azza wa Jal, but we don't fulfill His commandments. So, you know, I fear, of course, I fear Allah, but I don't pray. Of course I fear Allah, but I'm not good to my parents. Of course I fear Allah, but I don't wear hijab properly. Of course I fear Allah, but I don't pay my zakat. Of course I fear Allah, but I, I you know, fall into riba, etc. This fear of Allah is not enough. The fear of Allah that you do have, which we're not denying is there, it has to be there, a minimum level has to be there for every single believer. But that is not enough. You need to now increase in your fear of Allah Azza wa Jal to the extent where if Allah Azza tells you to do something, you say, Sami'ana wa ata'ana. We hear and we obey. No. If Allah Azza told you to stay away from something, you say, Sami'ana wa ata'ana. We hear and we obey. And if you were, because every single Muslim is going to make mistakes, if you as a human being fall into a sin, you don't justify the sin, you don't go along with the sin, you say, as Allah said, min qarib. You repent quickly. No. You repent quickly because it's not something that, you know, well, it's easy. I disobeyed Allah. I just made Allah angry. I just, I have them below, potentially put myself on a, a route to the hellfire. No, I don't want that. So how do I overcome that? I repent to Allah Azza wa Jal. So this fear of Allah Azza wa Jal needs to be increased. If a person truly feels that they don't have that fear of Allah Azza wa Jal, okay, what are some things that they can do? Number one, learn about Allah. Why should you fear Allah? Who is Allah? It's very sad if you were to give you any, this blank piece of paper to the majority of Muslims and, to, and say, write for me everything you know about Allah. I'm going to give you two hours. Write for me everything that you know about Allah Azza wa Jal. Most will not be able to get through a third of the page. I know Allah, he's my God, um, he doesn't have any partners, uh, he's merciful, uh, I love him, and pause. And they don't know anymore. And this is a big problem. Um, Who is Allah? Why should you respect Allah? Why should you love Allah? Why should you fear Allah? What do you know about the punishments of Allah? 
What do you know about the Day of Judgment? What do you know about the punishments therein? What do you know about the questioning? What do you know about the accountability? What do you know about the grave? What do you know about the uh, the reward in the grave? What do you know about the punishment in the grave? What do you know about the questioning in the grave? What do you know about the paradise, the rewards in the paradise? What do you know about the hellfire, etc., etc., etc.? So if a person doesn't have that, then what's the, what's to stop them from fearing Allah Azza wa Jal? Uh, I like to give the parable when it comes to Allah Azza wa Jal, uh, in terms of knowing. You have to know something in order for you to love, fear, and respect it. Uh, if a lion, for example, was to walk into a, a, a room full of men, you know, everyone's going to be scared. Okay, everyone's going to be thinking, how can I save myself? How can I throw that bloke? And hopefully the, the lion takes him where I can run away. Everyone's going to be scared. Okay, if a lion was to walk into the uh, a, a preschool, okay, a childcare, the kids are going to have a field day. You know, they're going to try and ride on the lion. They're going to try and pull its mane. They're going to put its hand in its mouth. They're going to try and drag its tail. When it roars, they, you know, they're going to be excited. They're going to put its hand, their, hand, their hand in its mouth. Why? What's the difference between the adults and the children? The children knew. Uh, so the children did not know the lion. They did not know the capabilities of the lion. It looked at it almost like a toy because that's all they knew about a lion. Whereas uh, a, a grown man, he knows what the lion can do. He knows what the lion is capable of. And so he tried to stay as far away as the lion, from the lion as possible. Similarly, again, to Allah belongs the greatest of parables. A person who does not know Allah Azza wa Jal will not truly be able to respect or fear Allah Azza wa Jal. But the more you know of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the more that fear and respect and awe will enter a person's heart. And the same thing with love. Yani, now get a million dollars in cash and put it in front of someone. Yani, the, the men, unfortunately, are drooling over it. You know, they want to protect it at all costs and they want to take it and people are willing to you know, backstab their, their parents or their brothers and sisters for much less than a million dollars, let alone what they will do for a million dollars. Again, take that same million dollars cash and put it in a childcare. What's going to happen? The kids are going to bite it, rip it, um, draw on it, put it in the bin, flush it down the bathroom. They're, they're going to do everything. They're not going to care. Why? Because they don't know what the million dollars is. So your love of something, your respect of something, your fear of something goes back to your knowledge of it. If a person knows Allah Azza wa Jal, that natural fee increases. Now, not only knowing Allah, but now the implementation of that. And this is why Islam is so beautiful in the sense that it's so consistent. And everything helps the other thing. Okay, It's very different to um, certain new systems of governance or other religions where they want you to be one thing, but they, uh, they have everything else. I don't want to give specific examples so you don't get in trouble. Mm. Um, where they they have like something is wanted like it's an obligation but everything else that's halal for example for them makes that obligation so hard or something is haram but everything else that is halal for them makes that falling into the haram so easily okay and i'm i'm sure a smart person inshallah will be able to get some examples that i mean uh whereas the the religion of islam doesn't allow that if it's got a goal everything is in line with that goal if it, something's haram, everything in line with preventing you from falling into the haram, okay, except that which is necessary. So when we say the fear of Allah, now we, okay, we've got the knowledge side, but now we need the practice. Now we need the practice where it's not something that you have to do takalluf of. It's not like extremely hard, okay? It's not extremely burdensome. Ask any person, alhamdulillah, who's decently religious, okay? Like, is it haram for you not to go to weddings, for example? It's, it's like, bro, or it's not even a thing. Like it's not even a thing where I have to like really be concerned about not going to haram weddings because none of my friends do it, alhamdulillah. My family already know how I am. 
um, I get to that many halal weddings where I enjoy myself in halal celebrations where there isn't a need. You know, there isn't this empty void in my heart where I need to go and do that. Even if there was a wedding that I really wanted to go to because that person was close to me or whatever it was. Mm. But I already know that I'm not willing to make you happy at the expense of my Lord. Or I'm not willing to do something where I'm going to potentially regret it later on. I might have, what, two, three, four hours of enjoyment and then I hear them belong and have to spend uh, potentially 50,000 years on the Day of Judgment. Uh, you know, being asked about these types of questions, no, it doesn't make sense to me. I apologize, I can't attend. But it's not even a it's not even a question. But you find the person who says, Yeah, of course I fear Allah, but all of their friends are doing haram things. You know, they have a love because they're always in these types of haram environments. That's their fun. Their fun and enjoyment are these types of events and parties, etc. So for them to leave like a you know haram wedding, it's very hard. And they say, Bro, of course I fear Allah, but it's hard. Why? Because you haven't removed yourself from such an environment. You know, for example, smoking, you know, may Allah assist the brothers and sisters to, to get rid of this disease. Things like smoking mm-hmm. or vaping. It's so belittled. Okay, it's so belittled. Uh, uh, again, a properly religious person. We're not talking about someone who, you know, prays and that's it. No, we're talking about properly religious. Yeah. A uh, properly religious person you know, is, is, is smoking hard for you to stay away from or not doing argil is hard for you to stay away from or vaping is hard for you to stay away from. It's a non-event. It's a non-event. If you go hang out at people's houses that are smoking argili, guess what? It's going to be hard for you to leave argili. It's 100% going to be hard. If, if you're hanging around all these mates that smoke, guess what? It's going to be hard for you to leave smoking. If you are hanging out with all mates where everyone is vaping and, you know, wallah, that's the cool thing, it's going to be very hard for you not to vape. You need to remove yourself from that environment to the best of your ability. You need to find alternatives. So it's not just about knowing Allah and fearing Him. Now it's about implementing. Because there's no benefit to beneficial knowledge if it doesn't mean action after, okay? So you need to know Allah, where that fee comes in, and then now that needs to be implemented. Once you implement, inshallah, you're going to get very far. How many sisters, again, they know what they're wearing is wrong. They know what they, do, what they are doing is wrong. Wallah, yes, I don't even know what I want to mention. Don't worry about mentioning it. Yeah, Allah, Allah, Yistar, man. Uh, a lot of sisters know that they're not wearing the right hijab. Why, why do they continue to do so? You've kept yourself in an environment where you've you've made yourself comfortable doing the haram. Comfortable doing the haram. You know, your friends are also doing it. You're getting the attention of the boys that you want. You know, you're getting the you know those likes on social media. You're doing things where you're making it hard for you to fear Allah. You're building that wall further and further higher and thicker between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You need to remove yourself from that and then wearing proper jilbab is not an issue. You know, or proper when I say proper jilbab, I'm talking about proper hijab in general. Okay, with the niqab or otherwise. You're you becoming, you know, if you're not, you don't want to be Instagram famous. You're not worried about people seeing you or not seeing you. Because you're not worried about you know, what people's opinions are in the first place. When you don't care about what, you know, what the boys think of you. You're not worried about getting their attention. So you're not worried if they can see you or not. You're not worried if they can see your figure or not. You're not worried about any of those things. Why? Because you have removed yourself from that environment completely. And so it's not a concern to you. So what ends up happening naturally, your fear of Allah becomes easier. Your fear of Allah becomes easier. And this is something that a lot of the brothers and sisters you know, need to constantly remind uh, themselves of is that the religion becomes easier the more you implement it. A lot of people who aren't religious, they've got this perception of religiosity that the more religious you are, the harder your life becomes. It becomes easier. Okay, It's like a, a, a snowball or momentum in general. For those that know kinetic energy and the like, I don't even know if that's the right word. <laughs> but when you're, when you're picking up energy that at, at the at the beginning we're trying to pick up momentum right at the beginning that's the hardest part okay like a snowball effect 
in that first turn, the first turn of the wheel, when you push in a car, the first turn of the wheel, that's the hardest turn. Okay? But then it only gets energy. Inertia? Oh, I don't even know if that's the right word, but we're going to go with his word. Inertia. Okay, that, that first uh, turn of the wheel, you know, the, the, the first coming of that snowball, this is when it's hardest. But then once you've got that momentum or inertia or whatever tech man said, it just becomes easier and easier and easier. Same thing with the dean. Yes, those initial sacrifices, those initial changes, those initial alternatives may be, uh, may be a little bit hard at the beginning, but inshallah, Azza wa Jal, it only gets easier and easier. And this fear of Allah, Azza wa Jal, this love of Allah, this uh, respect of Allah, we touched upon it the longest because everything else is going to flow from it, inshallah. Everything else is going to flow from it nice and easy. So, yeah, fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you act upon knowledge, you implement based upon knowledge. You have to implement something, which brings us to the next point. What are we actually implementing? And to implement the revelation. Okay, to implement the revelation. Again, everyone has got an answer. Everyone knows right and wrong. It's it's not, the, the religion, alhamdulillah, is not something like vague or hidden or secretive or it's only, you know, the, it's sacred knowledge that's only held by a, a small few Elites, yeah. in the community that you have to go up to the mountains to get advice from. Most people know what's right. Most people know what's wrong. The problem is, again, that lack of implementation. What does it stem from? It stems from this problem of a lack of fear of Allah Azza wa and the implementation of the fear of Allah. Okay, where you've actually made practical changes in your life so that you remain within the boundaries that Islam has set. The Quran and Sunnah is there. We need to believe in the Quran and Sunnah. If you don't, you're not a Muslim. But then you need to, again, transfer that belief, that pure belief, to now actions. No. Iman, as we know it, and as defined by the Salaf, was belief in the heart, statements on the tongue and actions on the limbs you want iman you have to have these three things okay and you need to implement it. and the more you implement it the more your iman goes up and the less you implement it the more your iman goes down that's why again speaking about ramadan people's iman is so high in ramadan they're fasting they're praying they're giving sadaqah they're staying away from haram ramadan goes what happened to my iman all of the ibadah went so what happened to your iman it also unfortunately plummeted if we want to implement the revelation we need to learn what's right and wrong. Most people have a very basic understanding, which is not a problem because they know the bare minimum. But the more they increase in that knowledge, they're going to love it. The more you understand something, the more you appreciate it. So they need to increase in that knowledge. Then from that increase, now they need to implement. And again, it becomes easier the more you do it. For a person to be in good environments, for a person to be around good friends, for a person to be in a halal job, for a person to marry a righteous spouse, for a person... Uh, to have halal leisure, these things make the implementation of the revelation easy. What does the revelation ask of you? It asks of you things that are only in your control, uh, only in your capability. Okay, so you have the ability to do it. Two, it asks of you things which are beneficial for you. What does the implementation you know, tell you to do? Does it say you can't smile, you can't have fun? Does it say that you can't eat good food? Does it say that you, know, you can't make money? It doesn't say any of these things. Just remain within the boundaries of Islam. And Islam, the halal is so vast. So vast. The problem is that we're focusing only on the haram. Which, uh, where can the people see? I can't, is this, can the people see here? Yeah, Take yeah. The people can see down, lower? Yeah, yeah they All can right. see both, yeah. So if I've got okay, this whole war of halal, okay, this whole war is halal, but the, and the haram is just here, this little corner here, okay? I don't know if they've got it, there, maybe they get it. This little corner here, this little corner here, if I stand here and all I'm, my only focus is here, but everything's haram, man, everything's haram. But look, I mean, look, turn around, look around, look all around it. All of it is halal. Why are you focused only on this spot here? 
And this is again, this is the part of the problem why people say I'm, I'm I struggle to implement it. It's too hard. It's not hard. Well, it's not hard. It's only that you've chosen to focus on this little area here. That's where it's hard. If you are able to move away from it, which you you are capable of, if you're able to move away from it and live a life which is halal, not only is it pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it's beneficial for you and you have true contentment. You have true happiness. This is part of the sweetness of faith that the ulama would say, if the kings knew what is in our hearts, they would have fought us with their swords for it. You know, the, the kings and the leaders of this world, they'll fight each other over treasures. They'll fight each other over oil. They'll fight each other over gold. They'll fight each other over land. If they knew the true treasure, which is a person being happy, that contentment that they have in their hearts, then they would have fought these people, these righteous people over it with their swords to try and attain it. A person has it. A person has it. I understand that the tide is going against religious people in the sense that the world is just yani, uh, a crackpot of, of haram. Okay, It's just a crackpot of haram and it's just people living in a way which is so heathenistic it's problematic. But that should be more of an encouragement for you as a believer. For you to say, I can please Allah, I can please shaitan. In my actions, who am I pleasing? You've only got one or two options. It's not about me and me and myself. No. You're pleasing one of the two. You're pleasing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or you're pleasing shaitan. I'm advancing the way of Allah. I'm advancing the way of shaitan. You choose. You're, you're a soldier in this battle. When we talk about a battle of good and evil in the world, it is a practical battle. And you are part of it. If you're not directly any, uh, leading and commanding and being a general of one of the two parties, you don't have to be. But you're being a soldier. You're actually advancing. If you're not even a soldier, Habibi, you're someone that's supporting. If you're a person that's living a life of haram, you're like the cook of it, you're like the, the, you know, you're passing on supplies, you're funding. Or you can do that for the religion of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and advance the way of Allah azza wa The choice is yours. And but really, that comes with the implement of the, of the revelation. This really ties into the next point of the Ali mentioned in the statement mm. of what Ramadan is, uh, what mm. taqwa mm. is, afwan. And that is only really, as we're going to lead into, for those who have true iman that they'll be content with. Little. Al-Qani'atu bil-Qalil. One of, what's one of the if a person's not implementing the revelation okay my question always in da'wah is why what is the obstacle between you and Allah in the implementation of the revelation why why aren't you doing it a person will find that the majority of the time it's too much of a love of dunya that's all it is too much of a love of dunya if a person loves dunya deen will become very hard for him is enjoying the dunya haram that's not haram uh, what's the same of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala كل الناس ذي ركت الموت وإنما توفون وجوركم يوم القيامة فمن زحزح عن النار وادخل الجنة فقد فاز وما الحياة الدنيا إلا متاع الغرور Allah says every soul shall every show every soul shall taste death and then you will be uh, given them back and you will be held given accountable rewards, for them yeah. uh, accordingly according to your actions be paid your wages yeah. in other words uh, for your actions so whoever is moved away from the hellfire and entered into the paradise then verily they are they successful and know that this dunya is nothing but a deceiving, passing enjoyment. Allah Azza wa mentioned death. And then Allah mentioned the day of judgment and being held accountable for your actions. Allah mentioned the paradise and mentioned the hellfire. And mentioned that those that are saved from the hellfire and go to the paradise, they are successful. Then Allah Azza wa mentions that know that this dunya is nothing but a, a passing, deceiving enjoyment. Why? Why did Allah Azza wa mention that? From the benefits that a person can take from it is that one of the main reasons that stops you from thinking about death, that stops you from preparing for the day of judgment, that stops you from going to Jannah and enters you into the hellfire because of your negligence is the love of the dunya. The love of the dunya. Is there anything wrong with enjoying dunya in the halal? No. Kulman haram Allah. 
No one can say no. that the uh, the pleasures that Allah has made halal in this dunya are haram. That which Allah made halal are halal. But take it with two very simple, again, we love practice. Okay, we love practical definitions, practical examples. Take two very simple rules when it comes to your dunya. Number one, dunya is a problem when you're trying to attain it in haram. Okay, uh, an example, uh, very simply, for example, you want to buy a house. Is wanting to own a house bad? No. It's a, it's a very good, honorable thing to have. It's a beautiful goal. Not only that, the Prophet ﷺ made you know, from the reasons of happiness in this dunya a white house. This is from the things that the Prophet ﷺ himself said. For a person to have a white house, this is from the means of happiness. Uh, it's paraphrasing, obviously, not the actual hadith. Expensive, yeah. yeah. It's wide, it's yeah. comfortable. When a person wants this, is it a problem? No. Do we discourage it? No. The question only is, how do you attain it? Am I going to go through haram means to attain it? That's when it's a, a massive problem. If you're willing to go, for example, through interest to buy a house without need, mm, it's a big problem. Why? Because you've taken a means which is not only a major sin, it's an extremely major sin. Not only is it an extremely major sin, it's a war with Allah Azza wa Jal. It's a war with Allah Azza wa Jal. Why would you do that? You want to attain something halal, but don't do it for the haram. Or, for example, you want to save up money, but in doing so, you know, you don't pay zakat, you cheat the people, you steal from the people, you, you know, lie about your commodities or your services, etc. Again, you've wanted to achieve something halal, but you've done it for a haram means. So this is when dunya is a massive problem. When you want to attain something halal, but you're doing it for a haram means. Don't do that. The second is when you allow your dunya to become an obstacle between you and Allah Azza wa Jal. Meaning, let's say a person wants money. Is, is wanting to be wealthy a problem in and of itself? No. But, at the expense of what? This is the question. At the expense of what? If you say, I'm working two jobs, I'll ask you, are you working two jobs because you need the money? Sometimes a person has got a lot of family members or he's got family, uh, you know, extended relatives he needs to look after or overseas. That's a different story. If you're working out of need, no one will ever tell you, no, don't do that because there's a need. But if I'm working two jobs because I need, uh, sorry, because I want a lot of money, I want to have mountains of wealth, I want to enjoy the luxuries of this world, and that means, because I'm working two jobs, I can never pray in the masjid. I can never read Quran. I can never attend classes. I can't even give my own family their rights. Habibi, what are you trying to achieve then? What are you trying to achieve at the expense of what? You want the luxuries of this world, no problem. But at the expense of what? You're, you neglect, again, this in the halal, we're not talking about haram. Haram was the first one. This in the halal. At the expense of what? At the expense of your deen? In the sense that you don't know anything from your religion. You don't, you're not able to do any acts of worship which bring about so much reward. You're not doing anything to maintain your high levels of iman. You're not giving the people their basic rights, basic rights like your family or your children, etc. This is a massive issue. If you want to be a person who has taqwa, again, taqwa is not, is not an entry-level Muslim. It's a higher-level Muslim. So when, when we talk about religiosity, when we talk about um, higher levels of iman, we are no longer talking about Halal and haram It's very important also For us to understand We're not talking about Halal and haram We're talking about Good and better Good and better The matter of haram khalas, A person doesn't Care about taqwa He's not going to be listening Because there's no point Why do I care about taqwa? Well, if you are actually Worried about taqwa Or being from the muhsinin You know Getting uh, accepted This Ramadan Inshallah May Allah accept from us all uh, A person says Okay What is good And what is better So now Is there anything wrong with working uh, two jobs where everything's in the halal and I'm uh, become a billionaire because of it? No. As long as you're in the halal, no. There's no there's no blame upon you. 
But what we are talking about is at what expense. So let's say you became a billionaire in this dunya, but because of becoming a, a billionaire in this dunya, you had to settle for you know the lower levels of paradise. Is that what you should want as a believer? Should that be your mindset? Person may say, Habib, I'm just happy to get to Jannah. No, wrong mindset. Again, for the believer, wrong mindset. The Prophet us, if you ask Allah for Jannah, ask for Al Firdaus Al Ala, the highest of Jannah. Naam. Just in this dunya, why are you not happy with the basics in this dunya, but you're happy with the basics in the akhirah? Yani now, for example, we can eat just yani, steamed rice and just have water. And our car can be in a very old basic car that gets us from A to Z. Doesn't need air conditioning on all the yani, the extras. Uh, our phones, we don't need any you know, the latest uh, smartphones. We can do with a very basic phones that calls and messages. Uh, in terms of you know, our jobs, we don't need to be working a lot of uh, big jobs that earn a lot of money. We can be getting you by week to week. We can be doing that. But are we content with it? No, of course we're not content with it. We want the best that we can get. So people work hard, they put in the hours, they put in the study, uh, they sacrifice so they, they can enjoy the luxuries of this world. No problem. Use that, use that same motivation. You want the luxuries of this world for you to live comfortably and have fun and enjoy yourself and you're only here for 50 years, 60 years, 70 years or whatever it may be. How then for a matter of eternity? For a matter of eternity, I'm, I'm willing to accept the, the most basic. No. Put in the same effort. Put in the same effort to also work for your akhirah. Say, I do want to pray in the masjid. I do want to read the Quran. I do want to learn my religion. I do want to give da'wah. I do want to have good character. I do want to give people their rights. I do want to give in sadaqah. I do want to assist the Muslims, whatever it may be. But you're able to do more. You're able to do more because you want to do more for a higher place in Jannah. I want in this dunya, but I also want in the, in the, in the hereafter. So again, being content with little doesn't mean that you don't have anything. It doesn't mean that you live poor. It doesn't mean that you don't achieve something. No, it doesn't mean that at all. Enjoy this dunya. In the halal, no problem. Enjoying the dunya and the halal can actually assist in your worshipping of Allah Azza wa Jal. You're more content, relaxed, etc. But we said with the two conditions. Number one is that you don't do it for the haram. Number two, you don't make the dunya in the halal an obstacle between you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yeah, where you where you leave off goodness, etc. A lot of a lot of people, the shaitan fools them in this. A lot of religious people. Okay. Uh, remember shaitan, he's a bit of like a uh, like uh, an Akira player, okay? Like a, a Steven Seagal, in the sense that please, <laughs> I haven't heard that in a while. Uh, with, with the martial arts, you know, of Abkira, the, the it's a hand martial arts. Yeah, in other words, okay. the, the, the theory hands, behind yeah? it is yeah. to use the person's energy against them. Mm. Okay, so a person's coming to throw a punch at you, you, move, you just move to the side, little push at a particular angle, he's gonna fall down. Okay, so you're using the person's energy mm. against them. Shaitan does that. Okay, it's very strategic in the sense that if um, if a person, for example, doesn't like bacon. Okay, a Muslim doesn't like bacon. The shaitan isn't going to try and sit there 24-7 trying to get you to eat bacon. Like, what's the benefit? You don't like bacon. Why is the shaitan going to try and get you to eat bacon? Okay, but you love you love steak. But there's a mad steakhouse. The problem is the steak isn't halal. Oh, is there a fatwa? Maybe there's a fatwa. Or the meat is halal, but the environment is an absolute shocker. Okay, it's an absolute shocker. There's alcohol everywhere. The people are inappropriately... It's a, it's a shocker. But you love steak and the steak is halal. So that's where your fitness is going to be. Okay, that's where your fitness is going to be. If uh, a person, their fitness is not money, like they couldn't actually care about wealth, but they have a big problem with uh, pride. Shaitan's going to, Shaitan, you could say, oh, look, look at me, I'm, I'm not worried about wealth. You know, I'm sitting there working like other people 24-7 or uh, I, I don't have that problem, but your issue is in pride. So for you to protect your pride, you're willing to, you know, 
you know, backbite or slander other people uh, or belittle other people in order for you to maintain your status, etc. This is where it's problematic. Everyone's fitna is tailored to them. And the, the way the shaitan works against you is tailored to your particular needs, your particular weaknesses. Uh, when it comes to uh, dunya, a lot of people, like religious people, they the shaitan not going to try and get them, for example, to commit zina. Obviously, these are always fitan. They're always fitan. But if you, alhamdulillah, are strong against it, you're strong against gambling, you're strong against you know drinking alcohol, you're strong against these. The shaitan knows he's going to have a very hard time. So he'll try and move you away from Allah in other things. Try and move you away from Allah in other things. The amount of brothers that and I've come across where they've got this uh, mindset, but I'm going to work extremely hard, like in his peak years, you know, from, for example, that, you know, that 20 to, in his mind, you know, 45, 50 uh, period. I'm going to try and work extremely hard so I can set myself up. So by the time I'm like 50, I can have like an early retirement. This is just a theory, yeah? I said to him, bro, how many people do you know that have done that? Not many. <laughs> no one. That he knows. Why do you think it's going to be different from you? for you? This is, a, this is a, a problem with human beings. We always think it's going to be different for us. Why do things gonna be different for you? Obviously, you know, he understands where, where we're getting at. Okay, secondly, at what expense? What have you given up over those 20, 30 years? I go, if you're, you know, married and you want to do this for your children, your son or your daughter, who, you know, you're you're you got married early, um, you've got a kid, let's say you're 22, 23 years old, you got a kid, maybe two and child kids along the way, your kids what happens to them? You're, you're working double shifts, you're working weekends, you're doing crazy amounts of hours, you're making mad money, Alambaric, but your kid now grows up, they don't care about if you're in Louis Vuitton or in Gucci or you're driving AMD, they couldn't care less. Put them in Kmart, they won't know the difference. No problem with Kmart. Put them in Kmart, they're not going to know the difference. What do they want? They want their father's attention. They want their father's love. They want their father's uh, affection. They want their father's patience. Because you're so tired, your son does something wrong, you know, you, you throw like your phone at him um, because of how angry and you just scream at him. So your your son is now traumatized because he doesn't spend any time with his father and the time that he does, he's so tired and stressed that he just goes crazy. So now when that child is 20, okay, you're 20 years old and now it's time for you to alhamdulillah finally relax if you got there. Your son doesn't want to be around you. You're like, I retired so I can be around my family now so I can relax. You want your son there. You want your daughter there. They don't give a crap about you anymore. Because you didn't give a crap about them. That's how they look at it. You didn't give a crap about us. We didn't care if you gave us a mention. So what? I didn't ask for a mention. I wanted my father. So what happens? That person, if he was to retire at 50, he lost his family. He, you know, A lot of the time he ends up in divorce anyway because his wife uh, also needs affection, etc. So the wife's not there. The children are there. What's left? What's left? Okay, you stop now. Work at 50 years old. What, what do you get out of it? What did you leave with? And the problem with the son of Adam is he will never be satisfied. It's who got to a million dollars and stopped? Who got to a billion dollars and stopped? You As the Prophet ﷺ said, if the son of Adam had a value of gold, then he would have wanted the second. And nothing will fill the belly of the son of Adam except the dirt of the grave. We as human beings, this is how we are programmed. Again, the shaitan will use our fitna against us. So if a person has this fitna, don't, don't be fooled by the shaitan. Don't allow your dunya, even in the halal, to keep you away from Allah. This is a time, especially these peak years. You know, you're, you're 20 years old. Obviously, if you're younger, it's more important. But now you're 20 years old, you, you're a man. You can make your own conscious decisions. You're a woman, you can make your own conscious decisions. 
So for you to purposely take yourself away from the learning of the deen, the implementation of the deen, the passing on of that deen, volunteering where you can, etc. These peak years that you have, and then you're going to wait until you're old to relax and to calm down. All of it is just a light. You're lying to yourself. You're being fooled by the shaitan. Okay, so enjoy the dunya, but then let it be an obstacle between you and Allah. Before we move on to the final point, you remind me of Ibn Qayyim's statement, rahimahullah, regarding the things which weaken the body. Uh, too much talking, too much eating and drinking, and too much sleeping. And they all tied with, you know, being content with, with you know, little being balanced, have a moderate approach. And really the moderate approach goes in line with the next point, and that is preparing, preparing for the day that you will live. So we've spoken about truth of Allah. We've spoken about the implementation of the revelation. We've spoken about the being content with little. And again, now you've got the final one, which is uh, to be prepared for the day that you will live this life. The reality is that everyone knows that they're going to die. Okay. The sad reality is that everyone lives like they're not going to die. Yeah. And this is the sad reality. But every single one of us is going to die. And uh, in the lead up to Ramadan, you always hear of so many more deaths. May Allah have mercy on all of the Muslims. Allah uh, Khitamina. When a person passes away, he doesn't have a second chance. And we know that. You die, it's finished. What you've done is now put forth. The question always should be for the believer, do I believe if I was to die right now, I have done enough to be from the people of the paradise? Yes or no? This should be a question always. We are never going to know for certain. We know that. And we should never be uh, cocky about it that, Oh yeah, I'm a believer. I've done what I need to do. Khalas, alhamdulillah, I can relax. No, even those that were guaranteed paradise, like some of the companions of the Prophet when the Prophet told them that they were guaranteed paradise, they actually increased in worship. Okay, out of gratitude to Allah Azza wa Jal. So if a person believes he's done enough, or he's doing enough, or he's doing what he's meant to do, then he should be uh, thankful to Allah Azza wa Jal. He should be humble towards Allah Azza wa Jal, and he should increase in that goodness, ensuring his sincerity. But that question should be there: If I was to die right now, based on what I know from the religion. And what I know from my own self, do I believe from, from the people of paradise? Yes or no? If you say yes, again, thank Allah and increase in goodness and make sure that you're not being cocky and you actually yani, are fulfilling what you need to fulfill. If the answer is no, then this is a big problem. If you yourself think that if you were to die right now, based on what you know from Islam and what you know from your own actions, that you're not from the people of the paradise, you need to really stop and reassess your life and your trajectory and say, I need to change now to make sure that I'm on the right path. If a person, for example, says, I, I don't pray. I don't pray. How do I expect to go to Jannah and I don't pray? I don't wear hijab. I'm I'm in you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars in riba. I sell drugs. I take drugs. I've oppressed uh, my brothers and sisters. I've lied and cheated in business. Um, I owe people a lot of money. You know, I've taken, I've borrowed money and I haven't paid them back. Um, I've, uh, I've been extremely bad to my parents. I didn't give, um, you know, my spouse their rights. I'm oppressing, you know, let's say, for example, in the court cases, you know, I'm lying against someone or I'm taking things that I'm not deserving of. These are massive problems. These are massive problems. You know, I've got days from Ramadan that I haven't fasted for the past 10 years. I've got zakat I haven't paid in the last 10 years. Whatever it may be, I've been a person who's been committing zina so much and I haven't repented to Allah. Whatever whatever the sin is, whatever the, the reality is, a person needs to stop and say, I mean, why do I actually believe if I die now, there's a chance I go to a good chance I go to the hellfire and I'm not trying to do anything about it? They're all linked. That true fear of Allah. You need to have that fear of Allah in you. What is stopping you from having that fear of Allah? Get rid of it. The implementation of the of revelation, you know what's right and wrong. Why aren't you implementing it? The love of dunya, remove you, that love of dunya from your heart. 
by doing the first two, that purification before decoration. And now you're, you're really living in a way which is good and healthy and it's appropriate and productive. And believe me, again, the more a person knows from the religion, thinking about death does not lead you to depression. Thinking about death does not lead you to anxiety and sitting in the corner and shivering and shaking and you don't want to be involved in the dunya. No, it's a constructive, productive fee where you are living in a way that inshallah, if you're to die now, you hope that alhamdulillah, because you've done your acts of worship, because you've tried to do extra, because you're making dua to Allah Azza to enter into Jannah, because you're seeking forgiveness from your sins, because you're trying to stay within good environments around good people, because you haven't oppressed people, you're trying to have good character, etc., 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 you, inshallah, if you were to pass away, whilst you're happy and you're fine and you're enjoying this dunya, you also, inshallah, Azza wa become from the people of the paradise. What more better than that? Simple criteria. If I was to die right now, do I believe I'm from the people of the paradise? Answers yes. Thank Allah, be sincere, increasing goodness. Answers no. Alhamdulillah, you've got a chance. Pull it up. is time to pull up, stop, reassess, fix your life, change your trajectory, and then in doing so, Allah Azza wa Jal will forgive. And Allah Azza is more pleased with his slave when he turns back to him than a person who was in uh, the desert who lost absolutely everything and then Alhamdulillah, his camel came back to him and he was saved again. Allah is more happy than that person. So Allah Azza wa Jal's door is always open as long as you haven't died. Yani the soul hasn't reached the throat or the sun hasn't risen from the opposite side. Don't be a person who delays. And then it ends up like people that we're told about in the Quran and in the Sunnah that they ask and they beg Allah to come back. Or their, their soul holds on to and clings on to every single thing in their body not to come out. Why do you want to be another statistic from them? Why do you want to be another story from them? Why do you want to be a lesson for others? Rather, learn from their mistakes and inshallah Azza wa Jal implement and this is going to make you an amazing person in this dunya and more importantly, the hereafter. May Allah Azza allow us to again live and see and benefit from the month of Ramadan and be from the muttaqeen before, in and after it. Ameen. Before we finish, one of the best ways of preparing for Ramadan is to seek knowledge about Ramadan and things to do with Ramadan. You have a workshop coming up. We'll get to that. This weekend, there's a workshop at Masjid Al-Azhar Belmore. Saturday, Sunday, Fiqh of Zakat and Ramadan workshop. Uh, Saturday, 9 a.m., Fiqh of Zakat with Sheikh Khalid Muhammad. And Sunday, Fiqh of Ramadan with Sheikh Muhammad Dua. Both days, 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. It's free. Masjid uh, Al-Azhar Belmore this weekend, the 24th and 25th of February. You have one the following weekend. Can you let us know about that? And shall be a dua uh, workshop. Etiquettes of dua. Etiquettes yeah. of Beautiful. dua workshop. So obviously, uh, Allah Azza links dua and Ramadan together in the Quran. And a person uh, in Ramadan, he knows that the gates of paradise are open, and the gates of hellfire are closed, and the shatian are locked up. And so, uh, because the gates of paradise are open, any the dua, chance of your dua being accepted are a lot more. Um, and so, if a person wants to make dua again, just like any other act of worship, there are etiquettes uh, and conditions for them to present. And inshallah, this is a workshop that we'll be going through, teaching uh, all of these things that came through the Sunnah to the best of our ability. Uh, where a person will be able to learn how to make dua properly for them to get the best chance of it having it. CYC, inshallah. the 3rd of March, is it? 3rd of March. What uh, time is it? I think about 10 to 1 p.m. Okay, so the details uh, you can all share them on, on our, on our uh, Facebook, Al Bayan Radio, and also you can go to the CYC Facebook and Instagram and also the ASWJ College uh, Facebook and Instagram for more. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Al Bayan Radio Australia, and for download the app if you haven't already got the app and inshallah in Ramadan we're going to have daily programs live programs 24-7 so spread the word about Al-Bayan Radio until then I'd like to thank my dear brother Sheikh Nasim and our tech team 
and all the brothers and sisters who tuned in. Barakallah feekum. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. This program was presented by Al-Bayan Radio, the voice of Ahl-Sunnah wal-Jama'ah.